back to another episode of Hypotangents, the not-so-competitive game show where every week we start off with a new hypothetical and see where the conversations go. Each tangent you go off on blesses you with one point, but be careful. If we deem your tangent unworthy, we will forfeit one of your points. So tangent with care. Joining me on this adventure is my co-host, Pajwa. Hey guys, in this episode, we're joined by our friend, Ridwan. Hi. This hypothetical is something me and Ridwan are quite passionate about. We picked this topic because of the successful launch of the Perseverance rover, the first step in the Mars 2020 program. A little fun fact, the expected landing date is February 18th or 19th, 2021, which also falls on my 17th birthday. But getting back to the show. The hypothetical is, if you had the chance to be the first person to step on Mars with a crew of 50 people on board SpaceX's Starship, you can never come back. For, for the rest of your life, you have to stay on Mars and colonize it. Would you take this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity? No. Uh, uh, there's there's no question. I, I would take it in a heartbeat. I, I, I would honestly take it, yeah. I would go to Mars. Because, like, what for my, like, logic behind this is just something that is something different than what everyone else on this planet has ever done. Like, the 100 billion people to ever exist on Earth never had the chance to leave their own planet and colonize a new one. Going to Mars is a big step in the evolution of like humanity itself, becoming an interplanetary species. And the technology we have to reach another planet can also be re-engineered to help life on this planet itself. So, in short, this is just a win-win scenario. I win because I like travel to another planet and set up shop to like put humanity forward as an interplanetary species but there's also another win for the rest of humanity as taking the technology we invent for the mars conquest into bettering humanity here on earth so i would take it in a heartbeat uh yeah i would honestly i would take it as well because uh first of all the i don't want to sound like a you know an unhumble person but the fame you would get from going to mars and then being the pioneers of you know interplanetary travel that that would be pretty nice to have the problem with the fame right you're never coming back to earth there's no one to congratulate yeah. you on the way back i mean like even if you're stuck on mars like staying like knowing you're going to die there but then also having you know the entire world like everyone on earth cheering for you like the feeling uplifts you whenever you're doing something and then you know someone for a fact is cheering for you they're they're like they're rooting for you that feeling is nice so you know if you're going to mars and you know for a fact you're gonna die there but like you have people like rooting for you people that care about you that support what you're doing that feeling is just it's it's just a great feeling and honestly i would take the chance to go to mars just to have that feeling but like again i don't i just want to play devil's advocate here because i would take this like thing in a heartbeat right but there's also that like communication delay as well so you can never like talk to another soul except the 50 people that are with you that likes four to what is it 23 minute delay between earth and mars you can only like communicate through text to like a different 
person on Earth. So after you blast off from the surface of the Earth, you will like never be able to verbally communicate with someone that are not part of the 50 people you blasted off with for the rest of your lives. There's also that psychological part too. Oh yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's quite an issue. If you're not on good terms with someone, then you're stuck with them until you're dead. Yeah, that's 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 a problem. But I mean, honestly, at that point, you should at that point you should just be an adult and fix your problems with them. There's no point stretching out your your issues with them to a different planet. That's that. Just fix your problems with them, honestly. Okay, but like, what if those problems just end up happening like once you're on the planet? Like, you're gonna have to like hope. But those 50 people that you're going to be stuck with for the rest of your life are people that you're, like, actually going to like being with. And especially, like, if we're colonizing it. Like, if we're colonizing, we're probably, like, restarting, like, a whole new population of humans. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure NASA thought, like, thought this true, like, 25%. I know 25 of them would be men, 25% would be women, so yeah. you can actually, like, colonize a planet, and, like, they probably made sure that the personality traits of everyone matches, so there won't be any conflicts, you can have, you need to have some people who are funny, you need to have some people that are, like, bold and more strict, like, you need to have that good balance of people, because literally, the trip from earth to mars is also like around six to nine months and you're basically in a tin can with them so it's like it's gonna be a horrible experience but like i think it's just that you're around people you enjoy yeah no, like for like for me the psychological like effects of like long-term space travel would just be being with another person 24 7 till you're dead like that has some effects on the like human brain because you have no yeah. like personal time at all and you're basically just working 24 7 because going to another planet is pretty hard especially when you're not coming back so you, you need to have like the resources to be to colonize mars you, you need to have like like so much technology that need that needs to be invented for it so it's incredibly hard to try to like push this achievement through oh yeah and then being on mars you still have to create the technology to be able to colonize mars like uh whenever you think about colonizing mars on google images or when you search it up on google images you see a bunch of white you know houses (laughs) metal tin cans and then you see uh, a couple of glass domes with a tree on it that's not how it's gonna work it's it'd be nice to live like that i guess but yeah, it's that's not how it's harder. gonna look then honestly like like my thought is just like are humans really meant to colonize mars you know like this is like a very like psychological thought process maybe i don't really know how to really define it but like Psy- s- psychologically <laughs> we could adapt to the environment we could because, adapt you know, that's... but like i feel like humans weren't made for mars and mars wasn't made for humans like there's a reason why we probably aren't there we don't know for sure everything that is there we don't know for sure everything that's on earth already like the thought of just going to colonize another 
planet when like we ourselves as like a species kind of suck at kind of sucked at colonizing the planet that we're currently living on it's like is that really a good thing is that something that our species can actually be trusted with doing can we actually repopulate properly wait wait alice um there like the spacex's goal like in the long term is to terraform mars if you if you heard of the book series uh red blue green mars it's a like three-part trilogy where um like the first astronauts come on to a red planet which is mars and they like induce global warming to get the temperatures up uh they create machines that um like convert the carbon dioxide atmosphere back into oxygen like for us to breathe and after a couple of like years to probably it's gonna take centuries we're probably gonna have like a green mars where we spread uh like earth life onto the like martian surface and we terraform it to be much like earth so you're basically essentially almost just destroying entirely a different planet for the sake of ourselves I wouldn't consider terraforming destroying, though. I wouldn't say, okay, maybe not destroying, but, like, again, that planet was completely fine before we got here. But it's completely fine to Mars, but we're not, it's not fine to us. Like, okay, what I believe in, right, um, not to be, like, so, like, depressing or anything, right, but I believe there is, there wasn't, and there's no life on Mars currently. So, uh, like, in my own, like, beliefs, I think, we are truly alone in the universe. Like Earth is the only place that is. Uh, I would ar- I w- I would argue, I would argue with that, because uh, you know there there are billions of rocky planets that are exactly like Earth. They may be a little bit larger or a little bit smaller, but nonetheless, there are still Earth-like planets mm-hmm. around in our galaxy alone like there's billions in our galaxy alone so mm-hmm. if uh like the resources on earth there, there's there's iron there's water there's uh you know the same resources on earth they're those same resources on mars so therefore you know every different planet doesn't have its own you know materials that it's basically the same all around the universe so if we went to a different earth-like planet it's still gonna have rock it's still gonna have uh iron it's still gonna have those same materials so for billions of years amino acids are gonna start forming uh from hypothermal vents and then life is gonna eventually form so yeah but like what's to guarantee that we don't mess it up again that's what i'm thinking about right like here on earth we have committed so many mistakes like um, yeah, not, not not to be like um over time. Not 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 to be like little like depressing or like like political or anything, right? Like like if we're gonna like colonize a different uh planet, I think we should have strict guidelines to make sure uh like all the mistakes we did on Earth wouldn't uh like form again on Mars. So like this this will be like I don't know if I'm saying this correctly, but like devil's advocate but like every rule is made to be broken have you like there's like a saying like every rule is made to be broken like humans 
as a species, we have so many rules, we have so many laws, but there's always going to be those people who don't conform to the way that we want them to. There's like, that's just how humans act as a species. We don't conform to the way that other people want us to because we have this belief, belief in like freedom and like freedom of speech, freedom of like action, freedom of choice, like all that things, the things that humans as a species are technically blessed in. Um, like, and again, not to be super political or like very negative and everything, but because we have this freedom, a freedom that no one can technically really take from us because it's built into us that we have this freedom of choice and freedom of speech and like able to think our own thoughts without having to just purely think of survival compared to other species. It's like we're able to show more comfort complex emotions that eventually a lot of them aren't going to be very positive like we're going like people will end up showing greed people will end up showing like envy and anger and like all that stuff and like even if they start off as like really like nice human beings going on to mars like oh yeah we're going to help like yeah, the generation gonna, it's going to change them it's gonna... things are going to change and honestly there's no saying that it's just going to end up being a repeat of earth if not like worse than earth because this is completely new territory to us that we have zero experience in that and more morality mortality rates we have no idea how many of them are gonna die they say 50 of them are going on that spaceship we don't know how many of them are actually gonna end up no if we stage like an actual mars mission everything of this will be thought through clearly we're gonna pick the best astronauts we're gonna pick the best like people in general to take this yeah but people change you can choose the most perfect people and the most perfect things that you want but that doesn't i don't think that we can put so much faith in humans we're not sending like just normal people these people are i don't think you can put so much faith in humans or any no the astronauts like right now there hasn't ever been a crime committed in space on the what is it like 80 years we've been like orbital right there's been a like a, a constant presence of humanity in space through the iss we pick those astronauts with the faith that they're never gonna do any crimes we we pick them to do research this is supposed to be a scientific journey rather than a political or some like a religious journey this like this entire space idea comes from the scientific basis Okay, to summarize, uh, we, I'm pretty sure I have two or three tangent points. We all went off into a bunch of tangents. That's that's probably true. Yeah. So, I'm pretty sure I went off to three. Alice with uh two, and pretty sure Rid one with two too, right? Oh uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> Somewhere else besides. I would like to continue with just the. You know, like the tech technological means of just making humanity an interplanetary species. Like getting getting people to orbit is one thing. The International Space Station, the longest person to ever been like outside of this planet, is uh, one year. But the journey to Mars itself takes six months, six to nine months, depending on the orbits, and in this hypothetical 
we're, we're not coming back. We're going to be staying on Mars and colonizing it, right? But the NASA approach to this would be like a return mission too. So six months, six to nine months to be to, to Mars, uh, around 30 to 90 days on the surface of Mars. And that's another three months to the, like, to Matt. And then coming back, it'll also take another six to nine months. So in total, it's going to be around two and a half years of, like, deep space travel. Like, the amount of technology we need to sustain human life. Let alone technology, uh, let alone technology, human resources. Like, we're going to need water. We're going to need food. And for the amount of food a human eats between six to nine months, it's quite large. And we can't grow it, like, on station. There's not enough, like space to farm so we have to take like the, the most important part about like just long-term space travel is that food aspect that that caloric intake and uh like nutrition and vitamins you need water can be created and reused on board um oxygen can be created mm. and reused on board by just converting carbon dioxide it's back into food, oxygen yeah. uh, like those two resources those are sustainable and can be reused. But food, you can't reuse that without farming methods. But again, there's not enough space on a space station traveling to Mars. So like creating or bringing that much food on station with you for that, what is it, two and a half years around trip back to Mars. But if we're trying to colonize Mars, as the one in the hypothetical says, we have to learn to grow food on the Martian surface. So it's going to be like the Martian Mark Watney style. So <laughs> like it's, it's said that to fully colonize a place, you need to farm it and you have to gain resources from it. So in order to colonize Mars, you have to farm Mars. But the thing is, as also portrayed by Mark Watney in the Martian movie, the Martian surface is completely farmable. Like, it's, it's made out of um, red oxide material that just needs to be seeded by earth bacteria to sustain life. Problem is, the problem is, Martian dirt, uh, looking from pictures from Curiosity, it's very, very dry. It's that's, very that's dry. It's kind of obvious. Yeah, of course, because the atmosphere is less than 1% of Earth. All the like, liquid water would probably boil off or freeze or go to a numerous like stuff that'll happen to it. Like The Martian surface is very inhospitable to life. That's why the technology needs to be invented for us to technically colonize Mars by farming the surface. Here's the problem. Since, since Mars has an atmosphere that's uh, 0.1% of the pressure of Earth's, uh, where, how are we going to pressurize it? Because based on the law of, like, I forgot what it was called. It's like, you can't create matter, uh, you can't create extra matter. Law, the, the law matter of conservation of mass. Yeah, law of conservation oh, of mass. Yeah. Based on that, we can't just make the atmosphere thicker without converting something into atmospheric gases. No, okay, there's and been the jokes, like, on the internet, right? Because, like, we have to do what we did on Earth, but in reverse for Mars, right? Right here, we're, uh, like, we're making the globe warmer due to our carbon dioxide emissions, right? 
So there's 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 obviously jokes and memes on the internet that we should just send China to Mars to induce global warming, to make the like the surface warm enough to be hospitable to life, right? Good idea. What? Okay, I've heard Bill Nye and um other like astrophysicists saying that we should nuke, like Mars to create enough uh carbon dioxide in the atmosphere and enough energy and um like pressure to have a sustainable atmosphere on Mars and then we send robots and machines to convert that oxygen back into car into reverse that carbon dioxide back into oxygen right to make like Mars sustainable for life but like if you think of what he is actually saying right Mar- okay, Mars is smaller than Earth right but it's still pretty big imagine trying to nuke the entire surface of Mars and then also creating machines that will be able to convert all the carbon dioxide Mars have back into oxygen. Like, that is a huge technological and logistical nightmare to do. Yeah, no, it's just technology advancements for one. As like, like, is humanity tech- like currently at this very point, moment in time we're pretty technolo- uh, technologically advanced, right? Like, we've come a pretty... Like, compared to the past, we've we've come a pretty far. We've come pretty far. But, like, completely starting anew on a whole new planet that, to begin with, technically isn't meant to sustain life, we're going to need so many resources, so much technology, and so much time and effort. And See, this is what I love about like humanity itself that we are very very stubborn <laughs> like if we're like, very that's how stubborn we, but that's how we survive through the like the generations of humans right if we faced with a problem we try to use our monkey brains to try to solve it right so i think if we have enough time and we have enough resources which we do and but we just need that pressure or like that push to make us like an interplanetary species. Same with the Apollo program, right? Um, when John F. Kennedy said that famous speech, like, we're going to the moon by the end of this decade, this pushed an incentive onto the human race to make, like, technology and all these advancements to make, uh, to put humans on the moon. Add that to the fact the Soviets were trying to get to the moon at the same time, trying to beat us, right? We had to put that incentive again back on humanity, but here to a larger scale to make an interplanetary species, right? But the problem is with the Apollo program, that was purely a political thing to get yeah, over the Soviets and, and to get like where the capitalism is the best, right? But I think to have that push to make this hypothetical truth, to make this like dream come true is to have a scientific push on humanity to push us forward but as we are well aware in 2020 most people don't really like to talk about science don't really understand science right but this just like all comes back into a loop of the education system too we should push people into stem fields like let them understand why we as humanity should push forward into making us inter- interplanetary species maybe even further into a couple of centuries from now, an interstellar species. Like, I this is my opinion, right? But we, we as humans, I, I think we should start focusing into, like, 
pushing our hands further and further into the universe as we're researching new new exoplanets for us to actually harbor life. Like, to answer that age-old question, are we alone? Okay, but humanity, I feel like, is already very STEM-focused. It's just the STEM field is so very wide. And as someone who personally just isn't very interested in all this space stuff, but is still very interested in the STEM field, I, like, I, like, I feel like we need, like, sure, we can, like, have the push to, like, create this incentive that we need like we should like try to create make humanity this like interstellar species all of a sudden the the the, i'm like a lot of people here don't want to die on this one planet we as a species have you know evolved to the point where we create languages we have created culture we have created civilization we are not a species that is meant to die on one planet. We are a species that is meant to grow. Like we our monkey brains, right? Have like cur- like we have like a consciousness of survival. We know due to our research and scientific breakthroughs that this like world will not sustain us in a couple of decades to like the worst case scenario, but if we did solve all the problems on earth right now, the sun is still going to explode in 4.5 billion years. We, like, we as humanity, like, cannot just stay on this earth. Plus, we as evolution also had, like, created instinctive to survival as in it's on, like, all of these organisms. But we have the conscious mind of, like, making something to actually help us. So I think it's a matter of time where we can colonize a different planet. So, uh, would you two take the hypothetical? I'm pretty sure it's obvious by now because, I don't know, I just love space and from, like, just from a standpoint of a person who is very curious about what lies in the unknown, so I would probably take it without, like, a second thought. I I would take the hypothetical, the, the experience of living on a completely different planet and, you know... I feel like that'd be just a huge change from life on Earth, you know, and also having the responsibility and then also having, you know, being kind of known as an important person in the, you know, project of going around to different galaxies and colonizing those. I don't know. The feeling is great. I would take the, I would take the hypothetical. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. It's just the whole like morals as well as the whole ethics and just the psychological even aspect of it of like what happens what and what could happen i don't think i i I wouldn't take my chances i'd rather stay on earth and if we all end up burning we all end up burning i suppose it's just that's, that's just what happened all right, so the final scores um, start off with last place. I ended off last with three. Uh, Red one got second with four tangent points, and that means that Pajol got first, I suppose, with uh, six tangent points. So Let's congratulations go. to Pajol. All right, um, I have been Alice. I've been Pajol. And I've been Red one. And this has been Hypotangents. Thank you for tuning into this podcast. Leave any comments down below, subscribe, and we'll see you next time.